Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WLG Discussion Lab podcast, a platform initiated by Wailing Gallery, where we share insights and hold conversations surrounding contemporary art. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WLG podcast. In this 18th episode, I am pleased to speak with contemporary Indonesian artist Arah Mayani, whom we had the pleasure to work with in 2020 through an exhibition at Wailing Contemporary called She Who Is Watching. The exhibition, presenting critically acclaimed international women artists, challenged the role of women as observers while addressing themes that mark our times, such as gender, environmental, and socio-political issues. Before I invite Arah Mayani to speak about her work in the exhibition, I would like to share you a little bit about her and her practice. For over two decades, Arah Mayani has directed our attention towards modern gender awareness and pushed the idea of pluralism through a very transdisciplinary approach, often combining performance and installation, which we will talk about later. Arah Mayani came from a syncretic culture in Java, in which she was raised with multiple beliefs and customs. Her deep interest in the spiritual is evident in her research in ancient pre-Islamic philosophy. Additionally, Arah Mayani extends this interest towards the philosophies behind feminine and masculine energies derived from animism, Hinduism, and Buddhism. The accumulation of such knowledge shaped her criticism against a society which tolerates a government stimulated from the patriarchal system. This is strongly reflected through the work Do Not Prevent the Fertility of the Mind, dated 1997 to 2020, which was last shown in the exhibition at Wailing Contemporary. The work traces back the history of a dictatorship era in Indonesia, highlighting how women were victims of the controlled biological reproduction program that was carried out quite brutally by the government. This episode will look at how the work, which consists of an installation and a performance by the artist, became the artist's tool to evoke the limitations and lack of freedom imposed on our society towards women. So, without further ado, let's invite Aramayani in. Hi, Mbak Aramayani. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hello, Amanda. Thank you for inviting me. You're most welcome. So, tell us, where are you based right now and how are you? I hope you've been well despite the pandemic. Yes, I'm fine. I'm at the moment in Magelang, near the Borobudur Temple. Well, that's great to hear. So, Aramayani, even though we have heard a bit of introduction about your practice earlier, would you mind sharing about your approach? When did you start doing performance and what made you interested in adopting this practice as a tool of provocation? Um, yeah, okay. I started um, doing uh, performance actually in 80, 1980, just after I... Um, entered the art school in Bandung and uh, yeah since that time on I'm like continuing doing this kind of practice until today actually. Wow it sure has been a long time since you delved into the world of performance art but Arhamayani could you explain a little bit more about why you chose performance art in particular? Yeah okay I think you know um 
performance expression has its own uh, characteristic and its own strength that uh, I need to express what I want to express, you know, because uh, my kind of, um, say, art approach is not simple, just like talking about aesthetic, for example. You mentioned earlier in in your introduction that uh, my kind of approach is the so-called uh, interdisciplinary or transdisciplinary approach, you know, so it needs, um, what is it, a more open kind of uh, medium also for me to express that, that complexity, you know? Thank you so much, Armayani, for explaining. And as we mentioned before, the main theme behind your practice is really about modern gender awareness. But of course, there were also other issues that you have explored through your illustrious career as a performance artist. Can you mention some of them? Uh, the theme is also not just like one theme, because as I mentioned earlier, my approach is interdisciplinary, so um, the theme could start from um, gender issues, political, uh, cultural, and also um, environmental, you know, besides social issues as well. So it's uh, quite, uh, what is it, uh, complex. Diverse, yeah. Yeah kind of uh, expression mm -hmm. so that's why I have to uh, find a kind of right medium and sometimes I also need to combine it you know not just like a performance only you know my practice also has this kind of characteristic right Wow, it's really interesting how your interdisciplinary practice raises awareness about multiple issues that we encounter in our society worldwide. And talking about what you mentioned just now, combining multiple practices into one artwork, when did the idea of marrying installation and performance came about? And how do you think that made your work stronger? Yeah, um, actually, I started this kind of approach also in the 80s, when I, um, I did this work, so-called accident, you know, on the street in Bandung. Uh, so I put some uh, red kind of fabrics on the um, poles, the electric poles in the middle of the street, right? And then... Besides that, I uh, am. I was also uh, giving a kind of uh, paper with my statement on it, you know, to public. Yeah, and also there was a kind of discussion because public, of course, are curious. They were curious about, yeah, what I tried to say, right, through my work, and then we had this discussion, you know. Mm -hmm on the side of the street. That was in 1980. And after that, I've been um, working on other works, combining um, performance and installation piece, you know? Uh, yeah, until today. 
I see, and ladies and gentlemen, as an example of Aramayani's attempts in combining installation and performance is the work that we mentioned earlier did not prevent the fertility of the mind. This installation consists of feminine napkins arranged on the wall like bricks surrounding two photographs of the artist wearing a costume. Um, there's, there are also fluorescent lights that surround the feminine napkins. Also a wooden stool in the center just uh, in front of the, the photographs. And on top of this wooden stool is a glass vial filled with artificial blood. It was first shown in 1997, this installation, through a group exhibition called Womanifesto, an international women's art exchange exhibition in Bangkok. And it was also accompanied by a performance by Arahmayani herself. So could you tell us more about this work and why is it so important to evoke this particular issue for you? Yeah, um, this work is a very important work for me because um, yeah, this is bringing issues of gender, but at the same time also about freedom of thinking, you know, which I believe is the right of every human being, yeah? Including women, especially. I mean, this is the message that I want to, to express in this work. And through the uh, performance, actually, uh, I have sent it to you also, yeah? So you have seen it. Yes. Um, I want to uh, emphasize how, you know, the problem of this, um, what is it, equality, gender equality and freedom of thinking is quite complex today because the um, domination of the masculine element is obvious, yeah? Uh, I mean, in my society, but it's not only in uh, Indonesia or in the Muslim uh, society, but I can still see this kind of thing happens everywhere, you know. Mm. Uh, maybe in the, West, in the Western countries, the struggle already been uh, going on for a long time, but this doesn't mean that this already, you know, solve yeah. the problem yeah it's still ongoing because this kind of uh, system you know of the dominant of the masculinity masculinity i mean is expressed through all kind of aspect of life yeah like for example this is what you can see on my, from my performance uh how for example, the uh, economic system, this uh, capitalistic, neoliberalistic, the so-called, this kind of, you know, system is really dominating the global system of economy. And this is only giving a profit to a small group of people while the rest is being um, manipulated and exploited including also nature, for example, mm -hmm. yeah? Yes. This is reality. And this is because there's this kind of domination of a certain group, mm -hmm. yeah? So this kind of understanding, my understanding about 
uh, gender inequality has been also um, understood in the wider kind of understanding, not just about relation between men and women, you know? Uh, the way I see the women as being the uh, marginalized, part of mar marginalized group is in fact in the same position as others marginalized group. You may uh, call it indigenous group of people. You may call it um, laborers, you know, or nature that has been seen just an object, as an object, you know? Okay, so even though you are bringing up a particular issue in the history of your nation through a woman's perspective, really what you're trying to do is to address the notion of superiority or a form of domination that exists in many other aspects of our society. And what about the performance itself? I mean, when you move your body and enter the space of the audience, what actually are you trying to achieve? The interaction with public, this is also very important because in most uh, practice of um, or medium in um, visual art, right? Usually there is no interactive kind of uh, 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 communication. It's just like one way of communicating from the piece of work and audience come to see and enjoy, right? But I wanted to do something, you know, like a dialogue, an interaction. And I want to give the space to audience to also explore their creativity, you know, I see it as something also important for me because that kind of response could stimulate my um, imagination and fantasy. So I can develop it further, right? So that's why I've been doing a lot of this work with the so-called community, you know? Or mm. in the art term is called the community-based kind of art project or artwork, right? This is because I want to open the space, you know, of creativity for everyone, not only for myself, because that would be good for me and also for others. Thank you, Aramayani. And you mentioned about two things that really caught my attention just now, which are environmental issue as well as community-based project. And as far as I've read, these two things are combined in your latest practice, particularly in your project, which you have been conducting in Tibet. So could you share with us about this initiative before we move on to our last question? Yes, that's right. So maybe you heard, for example, I have been uh, working in Tibet Plateau, you know, with the Tibetan um, now almost 11 years mm. dealing with these challenges of, yeah, environmental problems up there, you know. Maybe at the beginning, some people think like, what are you doing? You know, are you crazy going up there to the roof of the world? You know, and it's a dangerous place. Politically also, it's not safe, yeah. you know. But uh, why I do that? Because it's a very significant area 
within the global context, besides the regional context. It's known as Asia Water Tower, where, you know, all these huge rivers, headwaters, it's up there. Mm -hmm. And then also known as the third pole, yeah, after North Pole, South Pole. So this is one of the largest area of ice field on Earth. But now with this warm, uh, the warming of the globe, you know, the glacier is melting really fast and it creates catastrophe all over Asia continent. Maybe you heard about, you know, the victims of floods and landslide. Every year are thousands of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is uh, talking about uh, Asia, but then also the impact also is global because it's rising up again the temperature of the, the, the earth, you know? So this is, uh, that's why I have been doing this up there. And yeah, it's the, the project luckily is going well. And the Chinese government, actually, after five years I was working in 2015, they approved and support this, this project until today. So the first five years before this project being approved and supported by the Chinese government, uh, we were doing it independently, you know, and I was lucky because the Tibetan and especially the monastic groups, they really supported, you know, so we were uh, managed, we managed to do uh, garbage management and recycle, planting trees, mm. and then reviving organic farming and reviving nomadic culture and lifestyle, and then creating alternative energy. Yeah. In first five years, we managed to do that. And... 16 villages joining in Kham area of Tibet, okay? And then, yeah, everybody can see that this kind of project is actually good for everyone. It's not only good for Tibetan, right? That's why the Chinese then approve and support it. And this is what we need today in this world. We need to work together, you know? to preserve this uh, balance of ecology for the future generation so they can live peacefully and securely. What a fascinating project. So would you say that for you, being an artist goes beyond making beautiful images? I mean, from the examples that you gave us, it seems that your practice is very much action-based. It involves going into the roots of the issues that you think are important and actually seeking to amplify the awareness and even provoke solutions to the problems. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yes, that's the important point that uh, creativity is not just limited to this aesthetic ex expression, you know, but exactly, yeah, it yeah. Can goes widely, yeah, and mm -hmm. also uh, crossing borders. For example, you know, you know, I'm a Muslim, right? But I've been working with the Buddhists, I've been working with the Hindus, I've been working with the Catholics, Christians, you know, because I see them as 
as family of human being, you know? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So then we really cross the border and we do something together mm. for our future. Thank you again, Arhmayani. And I think with that, we have come to a conclusion for our discussion today. Just one more thing that I think the audience would really love to hear. Do you have any special message for all of us here? Um, well, maybe I just want to remind ourselves about uh, the problem that we have to deal with today that actually maybe can be solved if we are collaborating, if we are working together and open for each other, then hopefully, you know, we can find a solution, creative and innovative solution for our problems. Okay. Thank you so much, thank Amanda, you. for giving thank me you. this opportunity to talk. We thank you again, Arahmayani, for your time today and for the meaningful discussion. And of course, thank you to all of our listeners. See you in our next episode. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. On our next episodes, we will be sharing more topics related to art and collecting. So be sure to follow us to find out more. See you!